0: And we're live with Be Green with Amy. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Be Green with Amy. I'm Amy. Back in 2012, my hubby and I adopted a plant-based lifestyle, and together we lost over 130 pounds. And since then, I've been coaching people to join me in achieving their plant-based lifestyle goals of weight loss and improved health. So please post your questions for our guests. You can post comments. Tell us where you're from. You could even type in, be strong, be well, and be green. Just test, voice. Let's welcome our guest. Kim Scheuer, MD, struggled with weight issues until the age of 47. She loves deprescribing medications, helping her patients become younger, more fit, and healthy. By adopting positive lifestyle choices, Dr. Scheuer is available for telehealth appointments. Please click like to help be green with Amy. Welcome, Dr. Kim Scheuer. Greetings and welcome, Dr. Kim Scheuer. I am so glad you are back. So, you were, you. you were here on a different episode, and we'll put a link for that so that people can watch it. And today, we're going to be talking about constipation. And I was telling our engineer, Rebecca, I was kind of joking with her because a long time ago there was a comedian, well, he was on SNL a long time ago. And what he did was he went through all these words that the censors would have normally blocked because of the, but when they were set in context, because they didn't say it in context he was able to say it, them all out. And I said to her, I should just say poop and gas and and, and all those funny words that people would go, "Ah." (laughs) but actually these are bodily functions. And they're important to know about yes. because they tell a lot about our health. We don't learn much about nutrition in school and we don't learn much about exercise and things like that. And we certainly don't learn what our poop is supposed to look like, how often it's supposed to be. And I think that at least as Americans, and maybe there are other countries that are experiencing this as well, we just think, well, you just, whenever you go, you go. And, and I think a lot of people think that it's normal to strain and, that the way that their poop looks might be the way it's supposed to look. So we, we have a lot of things to unpack here and learn about, but it just seems that this word constipation, it, it is a really big deal that there are a lot of people that are dealing with constipation, or maybe they think they're constipated and maybe they're not. It's just kind of
1: confusing. What do Absolutely. you think, Dr. Sure? Absolutely. Well, we... It'd be, so much is involved with our diet and our exercise and our lifestyle. And actually, for myself, I used to think I had normal poops and I would have a stool once every three, four days and had no idea that that was not normal. Changing my lifestyle, learning more about this, I've learned what is normal stools, what it should look like, uh, how we get healthier stools, our gut microbiome which is all the bacteria and parts of our our gut that live in us, that we're actually the hosts for, it it, it determines our health. And uh, it's funny because we have no idea how our stool shows that we're healthy or not healthy in this country. And it's funny because there's a a common saying for people who go plant-based, who get healthier. It's um, that they, you know, a plant-based eater because they actually poop faster than they pee. And that's such a different change.
0: (laughs) So, oh, my goodness, I never really thought of that. I never really thought about that. I had similar experiences where I thought every two or three days was normal. It apparently wasn't. And a lot of things that were associated with that, I thought were normal, too. That's very, very interesting. And that's a good
1: that's one good indicator, isn't it? Right. We shouldn't be straining. We shouldn't be worrying. It it should be a nice, easy thing. And if if you become healthier, that it changes too. the smell of it, everything changes. And it's just so much easier in life. Now you do go more often. So, you know, uh, that can be an issue for some people who don't feel like they have the time to go to the bathroom, (laughs) but it's so much faster. You're not sitting on the toilet forever and getting hemorrhoids and getting and straining. Those are not that's not consistent with healthy, um, right. healthy life.
0: I always think about how I was fortunate that when I had three children and I was fortunate that I had a friend who encouraged me to breastfeed uh-huh. and I, I wasn't even considering it because we were just, we we're all indoctrinated to think that you just get a bottle and, and that's it. So it didn't even occur to me because I wasn't breastfed. So there was nothing passed down in the family. So I said, okay, I'll, why not? I'll try it. And when I told the pediatrician that I was going to be doing that, he told me, he said, well, you know, you're an advantage and so is your baby. And I said, why? And he said, well, babies who are breastfed, their poop comes out in a very soft form. And so they don't have to strain. They typically don't get gas and they don't get constipated. And he said, and the advantage for you is that it doesn't have a foul odor, <laughs> yeah. And and he was right because I had family members that had children the same age and sometimes I wound up changing their diapers and they were bottle fed and I said wow that makes a difference it really does so I was now that I know more about being plant based having a healthy lifestyle I'm so happy that I helped to populate my children's microbiome
1: <laughs> it did good that's really awesome yeah and another thing that the 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 bigger the poops, the smaller the hospitals, the smaller the poops, the bigger the hospitals. And if you look at countries where they eat healthier, there's a lot less hospitalization, but they poop a whole lot more than we do in America normally. And the standard American diet is not conducive to stooling. And for babies and kids, 80% of constipation in kids is has to do with uh, dairy, with cow's milk. So it's just a sad thing to see, and as and a processed diet, it's just sad to see folks who, the kids who struggle and have such a hard time um, with, with their bowel movements and the families don't know what to do and they're trying to do the best they can for their children but they're feeding them processed food, they're feeding them uh, cow's milk and that's, or goat milk or any other milk after, I mean, we're meant to breastfeed our children and then go n- not, <laughs> you know. No, we don't need. We're like the only species that breastfeed that has milk after they finish breastfeeding, and feeds our babies. You the know, milk from another species. <laughs> it's yeah. so fascinating. Yeah, because I always thought
0: it was so bizarre that the women are not encouraged to breastfeed. And there's so much commercialization of formula that they're encouraged. And then if they want to do it in public, there's so many things about that. And then they're encouraged to, if they are breastfeeding or bottled, they try, they're encouraged to wean the baby as soon as possible and put them on the milk,
1: be breastfed by a cow, actually. (laughs) because That's that's (laughs) really what it is. (laughs) Which doesn't make sense to me. And why do we pick cows and not cats or you know other things. I mean it's just it doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't make Um, sense at all. But it's something I grew up with. I mean I was fed milk uh, and and I drank milk. My father was a cardiologist, so we switched from whole milk to skim milk to be healthier. We should have switched to no milk. Mm -hmm. You know? So it's interesting. But food makes it it's constipation is so chronic in America and um, it's such a sad thing because it doesn't need to be. And when people switch over to a healthier diet, more active and a plant-based diet, I have so many who think that it's abnormal to have a bowel movement several times a day rather than several times a week. And so what's normal and considered normal is not really normal. exactly. Yeah, we're going to unpack all that. <laughs> I like to do true or false
0: with our viewers and our listeners because I like to engage them. So, guys, if you I don't know if you have tuned in before, but what we do is we're going to have a couple of questions for you, and please type in true or false. Guess your answer. Don't worry, it's not school, so you're not getting graded. So let's just see, and then we'll ask Dr. Kim to give her answer. So the first question is: If you have diarrhea, you're not constipated. True or false?
1: So type in your guests. Okay, what do you say, Dr. Kim? You can be constipated and have diarrhea. It's a strange phenomenon where the the stool is impacted and some liquid comes behind it. So you have diarrhea. So actually diarrhea can be a, a symptom of constipation. Now we don't want too hard. We don't want too soft. So there's a wonderful little chart called, I don't know if you guys can see it, the bristol stool chart i happen to have a cup of it because i thought it was amazing where you can see different types of stools uh, different consistency and um so type the the most ideal is type 4 which looks like a like a, a sausage kind of a soft and smooth but if you've got a big impacted one that's hard inside and then you you're, you can get fluid going around it, and that's where you get the diarrhea. And that's uh, so that question was false, I think I remember. Right.
0: Yeah. It's just so amazing because of the mechanics of the body that yeah. you could have a log jam, but still yeah. some liquid can evacuate around it. So, yeah. yeah, that's so amazing. Okay. Let's go with our next one. True or false? If you have chronic constipation, you should add more fiber to your diet. True or false?
1: Uh, Okay, so fiber, 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 fiber is wonderful. And we are a fiber deficient country with the standard American diet. So as Jesse said, it is true, you need more fiber, but there's some things can be a problem with it. If you're chronically constipated and really have an issue with chronic constipation, if you add too much fiber too fast, you can get gas in there and the gas will stop gut motility. So you'll actually be worse. So you want to, if you're chronically constipated, start adding fiber, no question about it, but slowly, because if you do it too fast, you might end up getting feeling worse because you'll be bloated and and gassy and it'll, it'll be a problem. You have to get the gut motility to work first before you can add more and more fiber. And there's lots of ways we can talk about to get gut motility to work, but that frustrates some people because Doctors will say add more fiber, which is correct. You should, but there's different ways to add fiber. So sometimes you can add uh, fiber by um, having, you have to really chew your, your food um, to break down, or you can use smoothies, you know, things like that. And you can go slowly, like add a tablespoon of fiber a day and add natural, you know, it's almost better to add fiber in the form of whole fruits and vegetables than it is to add Metamucil, but sometimes you do need to go, you know, or other kinds of forms of fiber like citrusil. Sometimes you need to go further. And actually, I've had uh, a patient of mine, uh, a couple of patients actually, who've had a lot of fiber. They've had used citrusil or metamucil or, you know, those powders. And then went plant-based and then they didn't feel good because they were getting too much. So you want to get rid of the processed stuff and go to more whole food plant-based at that
0: point. And I want to remind everybody, if you didn't know, that Dr. Sure is part of plant-based telehealth. And if you need Yep. She's got it on her hoodie. And if you needed a consult, and even just one time, you didn't have to sign up and, and be on a subscription for a year or something. You could do one-time consult. If you're having difficulty with constipation and you don't find the solution with this broadcast, you could always schedule a telehealth appointment with her and you would be looking at her like I am, and you would have a private consult and she could dig deeper and find okay. out exactly, the ask you the questions that pertain to you
1: specifically. Is that right, Dr. Kim? Absolutely. There's many, many, many reasons for constipation. And so uh, we need to dig down as to why you are constipated. Are you taking medicines that cause constipation? Are you not moving enough? Are you not getting enough fiber? Or, you know, do you have a blockage in there of some kind? Is there there's tons of reasons. So if if you don't with just easy, you know, suggestions here, please come visit us at plantbasedelehealth.com. We have uh, all 50 states covered, plus DC. I have licenses in 20 states, and I love my partner. So please come and join us. If you have any questions, we'd be happy to help you.
0: Yeah, because this is a serious thing. If you have chronic constipation, this could be very serious as far Mm -hmm. as affecting other areas of your health. Now, let's just say that you're eating a plant-based diet, which a lot of the people here are kind of preaching to the choir. Maybe Mm -hmm. they are. What are some tips that you can think of to, tell, to share with us as far as what we can do to make our results better and, and have more regular bowel movements and have it a number four, as you were showing on the yeah. chart if
1: it's not there. So there's a, quite a few things that make your you have a normal bowel movement. It's your gut microbiome. So feeding your gut microbiome with healthy rainbow of color of foods, so fruits and vegetables and legumes and whole grains. Um, That makes a huge difference. So that's very, very important. So what you feed it, what you um, movement is extremely important. You have to, to exercise, you have to, whether it's gardening, whether it's walking, you have to move because your gut doesn't move if you don't move. Um, Other things that I can think of are hydration. People in this country don't hydrate enough. We don't drink enough water. You need to drink enough water to be able to poop. And that can be as much as drinking enough to pee every couple of hours. You know, I don't like giving specific things. And and for some people, you don't want to give them too much at night, but during the day, we need to hydrate a whole lot more. Those are three things that I can think of. Uh, prunes are a nice way to do it. You can take prunes and you can soak them in water. And that'll actually even get more, more um, liquid in you and have those prunes, because that having a couple of prunes at night before you go to bed that have been soaked during the day will help with constipation. And it's important to know, are you on medication that can cause constipation? Are you on, are you taking narcotics for pain? That will cause constipation. That can happen after surgeries. Um, are you taking certain medications, certain antidepressants or things like that that can cause constipation? Those are very important also. Um, but it also is important if you become constipated and you're losing weight and there's something else going on. Are you know we need to, you need to see a doctor and find out, is there something that we need to fix before, you know, without think, you know, that we don't want get, to get you going too long without that. Interesting, you mentioned something about constipation in your health. I didn't realize this. The reason I went into this was uh, for be- breast cancer prevention. My mom had breast cancer young. And the super poopers, people who poop several times a day, like three, four times a day, have less breast cancer than the poopers who go three times a week, which is really interesting because you're not having the concentrated stool in there and reabsorbing mutagens, which cause cancers. So it's the people who poop more have less colon cancer, less uh, breast cancer, less prostate cancer. It's very interesting
0: to see that. See, there are so many benefits, guys. So we're just going to optimize today. And we have a question from Derek. Hi, Derek. Derek says hi everyone. Dr. Kim, how often should we be pooping and what is a good op or optimum
1: amount and why? Okay. So that's a good question. So I just mentioned about the breast cancer, the cancer issues, um, but we should be pooping probably at least a couple of times a day. One, one to three times a day is good. Four times is even better. Um, you want a big, good stool usually in the morning Um, that's when your biggest one is. And some people say between a pound or two pounds worth of stool at that point. Um, what you don't want is to have diarrhea all day long, but you want to have a nice sit, poop, go. And it doesn't have to be hard to do it. That's the ideal.
0: What are your thoughts about, they have something called a squatty potty. So it basically lifts up, changes your posture on the toilet when you're,
1: So that's a really good question. So the best way to poop, because it's the angle of where your colon comes down, it's usually at 90 degrees when you're standing up because you don't want to be pooping when you're standing up. You know, that would be a problem. When you sit to poop, that goes to about 45 degrees, that angle, which is okay. But if you actually squat like they do in Asia, where you stand up and you squat all the way down, that open that changes the angle to about 35 degrees and that's the optimal. Now the squatty potties um, where you put your feet up on um, like a stool as you're sitting on a toilet, that changes the angle a little bit. There's some research that says it helps and some that doesn't. It's actually, some of the research says it's actually better to lean over and touch your knuckles on the ground. And that actually opens it up more if you can't totally squat. Now, I've been in countries where, you know, you have to squat toilets and I've been in countries where you can stand on the toilet and squat. I wouldn't suggest that. Two reasons. One is you could lose your balance. If you had a friend a long time ago, I was in the Peace Corps. So we talked about poop a lot. We did. We were in different countries who stood on the toilet like the locals did and it shattered. So um, the best thing would probably be to, to bend over and um, do that or pull your legs up. And put it up on the, the toilet, but you don't want to sit on the toilet too long. Again, that that increases the colonic pressure, so you have more um, uh, hemorrhoids, more diverticulitis or diverticulosis, which is outpouchings of the the colon, um, which can cause problems with infection later. So, uh, lots and lots of f- uh, fiber, lots of fluids, lots of movement, and you know, exercise, you know, moving around, walking that will help to decrease those risks.
0: Yeah, it's so amazing the way the body is designed. You, you just have different mechanisms to prevent things from happening at certain times. Like when you swallow, you yep. have, your airway gets blocked. Now you have that portion of the body covered too, so that when you're standing up and walking, things don't come out when they're not supposed to. And I think, it, especially in America and countries like us, we're always sitting. In other countries, when they sit, they squat, and they're they're on the floor in a squatting position. It's a very comfortable natural position for a a human to be in if they're not used to being on a chair. But since we sit so much and we have toilets that we sit on, it would be difficult for a lot of people to get into that better position of squatting. So best that we could emulate it, the the better off, I guess, we'd be. I had actually someone who taught yoga that came on the show, and we talked about constipation from that point of view. Mm -hmm. And he talked about different poses that you could do while you were sitting on the stool to put different pressures on your digestive tract and your colon without pushing. You know, so he, he talked about the spinal twist where you would hold on to the side of the toilet and be upright and, and go this way and turn that way. And he talked about kissing your knee, yep. which is not possible for everybody, but it would, be, <laughs> it would be to pick up your leg and actually lean yep. forward and kiss on both sides. So that would all those positions that I talked about. And he talks about a lot more things. I'll put it in a link. It takes the place of the
1: straining. Yes. Right? Yeah. And because you want to get your gut to, to squeeze out, you know, you want to have something called peristalsis where the muscles in the, in the uh, large intestines start squeezing and pushing the poop out. And so you don't want it to squeeze against a bad angle where it doesn't come out and you want it to be easy. You don't want to, the straining increases your blood pressure. It increases risk of heart attacks. You actually see a lot of people who have heart attacks on the toilet because on the toilet, because they've strained, you know, so you don't want that. You want to just have a very natural, easy, boom, you're
0: done. And if it's not coming out naturally or easy, then, it's time to to either try to take some of the hints that you're giving us today, and but if those don't work, then you really should consult a physician and figure out what's going on. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, Derek has another question. Are probiotics really useful or are we flushing our money away? Very cute. I didn't use the word flushing, so you brought that one in too. Thanks, Derek.
1: That's a great question. So it's... So probiotics are, for people who don't know, are um, supplements you can buy. Most of the probiotics are don't do a lot because they end up getting destroyed in your in the in the acid in your stomach. But um, it's better to have prebiotics. So remember, I talked about the gut microbiome and all the microbes in your gut that make um, all the important things that we need uh, to to live on. Um, those microbiome grow on fiber. They grow on fiber. And so what the probiotics try to replace the microbiome to healthier ones. And they're sometimes they're worth it. And that's when you talk to a doctor, but um, a lot of times it's a waste of money because it is just gotten rid of in the stomach uh, with the stomach acid. That's why they have millions and millions of particles in the probiotics. So it's better to eat the prebiotics which feed the gut microbiome and they make the probiotics that are and the postbiotics, which are healthy for us. And so fiber, again, um, green leafy vegetables, lots of fruit, you know, fruits that help are helpful. Um, Those are the, and and whole grains are really great. Legumes have a lot of really good stuff. Um, Fermented foods also are a great way to get pro, get natural prebiotics in to help your gut and you don't need the probiotic.
0: Okay. Here comes another question that I think is a very good question. And that's from Tammy. Do the tiny seeds from strawberries, broccoli, corn, and
1: tomatoes cause diverticulosis? Well, Tammy, that is an awesome question. So to explain what diverticulitis is, which is inflammation of diverticulosis, which are these out pouches. So say, um, think about a tire or a balloon. If you've got a weakness in the balloon and you blow up the balloon, that weakness pops out. And that's from the pressure. Well, in your large intestine, you can have weakness in the large intestine and outpouching with pressure. That's called diverticulosis. It used to be that we thought that if you had seeds, nuts and seeds, that they would get stuck in those little outpouchings and cause uh, an infection called diverticulitis. And diverticulitis is painful, dangerous, can cause bad infections with high fevers. You can burst that little area because it's weak and that's very dangerous. And we used to think that nuts and seeds did that. They do not. You can have nuts and seeds. Best thing to do is not have constipation, not have a lot of intra-abdominal pressure and eat lots and lots of fiber, and that will help uh, prevent diverticulosis, which means that you won't get diverticulitis. And so, um, you can have nuts and seeds, you can have strawberries you, without risking that. That's the, you know, so that's a very good question.
0: Oh, it really is. I'm glad Tammy brought it up because yes. I know of people that are having this condition. And of course, just because you are following in lifestyle and know a lot about it, doesn't mean that you can help other people right away. Sometimes it takes a while before they catch on and adopt the lifestyle. And some of the people that I know are hesitant about adopting lifestyle because their doctor actually told them that they should
1: not have these foods. That, you know, and the newest are- studies are absolutely off of that. It, we, it takes a long time before we change our old minds. You know, it took us years to change the minds that tobacco was bad. It takes years of good... Um, research to change the minds of doctors who are used to the fact that, oh, yeah, we were taught that before. and um, But the studies do not support that. You can have that. That was a really great question. Now, are there
0: things that we might be deficient in that could contribute to constipation?
1: Yes. So um, when we do a workup for constipation, one of the things I think about is thyroid. Are you having issues with thyroid? Are you having, you know, hypothyroid? You tend to have constipation. Now you can have constipation with hyperthyroid, and you can have constipation when, for women, around their periods because it changes the progesterone to estrogen, and that causes decrease in mo- of gut motility. Or pregnancy, co- has that happened. So those are some things I think about magnesium. If you're if you're magnesium deficient, you can get constipation. So there's quite a few things. there's quite a few things like diabetes, which could be considered sometimes an insulin deficiency or, you know, if so there are some things that can cause constipation if you don't have enough. How would we know if
0: we're deficient in magnesium? Should we, is there a test for it or should we just supplement because
1: we're constipated? Uh, You can do either. I mean, certainly you can come to a doctor and get a blood test for that, but then you could try some uh, magnesium supplement at night and see if that helps. Um, Again, I don't love treating things that are not there. I like knowing what's the reason for it. So that's why it's good to talk to somebody who knows and can get into the deep um, information as to what's going on with you and why the constipation is happening. We need to, I mean, it would make, it doesn't make sense to supplement magnesium if your magnesium level is okay and it's your thyroid that's the problem. So it's better to get an idea of what's really going on. And especially if you can find a doctor
0: like you that is up on the recent research and knows that it's okay to have nuts and seeds and, and other, other things like that. <laughs> it can make a difference when you're up on the most recent research. And then with magnesium, though, I think that there's different forms of magnesium too, right? I mean, I think some of them might help with mood or sleep, but may, maybe not with constipation.
1: Right. And I mean, there's magnesium oxide and there's magnesium citrate. There's a whole bunch of different kinds of magnesium out there. And um, so, again, better to know if that's really what's going on before treating yourself. Um, I would start if it's mild or, or just a little bit moderate constipation. Start with the things, the specifics, the fiber, the movement, the water, the hydration. Those are the big ones. And then make sure you're not taking supplements to cause um, constipation. You're not taking um, medicines that cause constipation, that you're fighting against something that you can't win against because it's just, you don't know that that's what's doing it.
0: And I love how part of your practice is to try to get to the root cause of an illness and not just mask it with medications and try and just to get over the symptoms. And that if somebody is medicated, maybe for thyroid or or what have you, you may be able to optimize their lifestyle by digging deeper and maybe even reduce or perhaps eliminate some of these medications that are causing the side effects. Is that
1: right? That is my favorite part of medicine is deprescribing. prescribing I love getting people off of medicines. I also love preventing people from getting on medicines. Their medicines are wonderful if you would need them. We are so lucky to have that in our toolbox. But to ha- but you're right. There's so many side effects. So why takes a medicine that has a side effect when you can do a lifestyle change that the only side effect would be you're happier, you're healthier, you have more energy. You know, um, it makes you live you live a better life. Your brain is happier too. So you know, medicines are wonderful if you need them, but they do have side effects. And so I hate treating a, a side effect with another medicine if I don't need.
0: That's them. so awesome. Okay, looks like we're going to have another question for you from Raymond. I just began whole food plant-based two weeks ago. I go twice a day. Is that too
1: often? No, Raymond, that's wonderful. It means your gut's starting to work. We love it. I think that's wonderful. So as long as you're not having this watery diarrhea, you don't want to be like type um, seven or you know six. You want to be more towards five and four. If you're not having watery diarrhea, it means your gut's working, your microbiome's happy. Keep up the great work with your whole food plant-based diet. That's awesome.
0: Wow, that's good news. I'm glad to hear that. Okay, and we have another question from Jared. Is it normal for a whole food plant-based toddler to poop two to three times regularly and occasionally four times? Poop is firm and has a shape. So I think it's normal. Is it frequent poop
1: or a sign of constipation? I think that Jared, this toddler that you have, is great. Um, as you know, as long as there's no pain, as long as uh, your your baby's doing great, that's a very normal amount of poop. Um, babies tend to poop all the time, every couple of hours, and then you get as they get older, they decrease the amount. But part of the decrease was that we gave them. Um, cow's milk and cow's milk constipate you. So we think we used to think, oh, once every couple of days or once a day is normal. It's not. Your your toddler, as long as your toddler is growing and is happy and healthy, that's a perfect. So great job.
0: And then we have a question from Kathy Cook. She wants to know, and I don't know if I'll pronounce it correctly. You can say it, but there's a medication. She wanna know if it can cause constipation, and you can make sure that you pronounce it correctly. <laughs>
1: Okay, so can Omeprazole, which is also Prilosec, I think, um, cause constipation? And um, that is a good question. I'd have to look it up to be sure, and I can do that in five seconds. But you can have, it takes down your acid in your gut, which takes down your gut microbiome. So I would think yes, um, for sure. And um, my question would be, why are you on Omeprazole? And what can we do to get you off of that to help your constipation? Um, So, yeah, it makes sense that it would. Wow. Yeah. See, that's what you do. You dig deeper. You don't just ask
0: a question and then answer it that way. You want to know what is going on because we're all different and we're going to get some great tips here. But if we have a real chronic issue, somebody may need to speak with you, Dr. Kim on a telehealth and dig deeper and find out what's going on. Ariana wants to know, I've been whole food plant-based for over one year. I drink lots of water, eat lots of fiber, exercise, and take mucho magnesium. And
1: (laughs) I am still constipated. What is the problem? Well, Ariana, there's a couple of things we need to know. Uh, again, your thyroid. Uh, whether you have diabetes, if you're on other medications that can do it. Um, okay, oh, you're on no <laughs> medications. <laughs> no. Um, Supplements, things like that. I'd like to know. So I need to see you for a couple things. Like, have you had a digital exam, a rectal exam? Have you had a colonoscopy? What did that show? Um, how? Uh, what's your weight? What's your health? Otherwise, are there other things going on? Has this been all of your life or not? Um, Is this sudden and new? Is it slowly becoming coming on? There's a lot of things I need to know that are more personal than I can answer here and that I can get into here. Um, but we would, I would like to know why you're still constipated. and it There's is. a lot more that we need to know that I'd have to go into details because that can happen. And I want to know what's going on and why.
0: And maybe even the mucho magnesium may not be the right type of magnesium and it may be too much. Right. right. Exactly. Because like you said, sometimes supplements can do more harm than what we were intending Absolutely. to do. So Yeah, that sounds like somebody that would definitely do very well with speaking with you. And there's so many doctors out there that are concierge and you have to do a subscription and you're know, you like, I just have this one question. Can I just get a one-time thing? And they can with you to just go to plantbasedtelehealth.com and they can just do a mini visit and it could get their questions answered. So that's great. And of course, before they even get a chance to speak with you, they have to fill out an intake form.
1: And that that saves the time. Absolutely. I love to get all the information before you see me. So when you sign up for plantbasedhealth.com, we ask you to, um, we sign you up for our patient portal. And in the patient portal, we send you a bunch of questions and you answer those. I get, I look at those before I even do the appointment. So I spend a a long time looking at your information before I even see you. So I have an idea, but then I go even more in in detail and in depth when I see you. So you get a lot, a good bang for your buck, I think, by coming to see any of the docs at Plant-Based Telehealth. Um, and again, as you said, you can just sign up for a half an hour. If you have more complicated stuff, you can sign up for an hour. We can it could be a one-shot deal or it could be continuous, depending on what we need. And we we all love to make people healthier so they don't have to see us. That's that's a good part of our business. Jamie is
0: 12 weeks pregnant and I eat the and mostly whole food plant-based bms are few and far between usually go three to four times a day first thing in the morning today it was 9 30 p.m before i had a single bm
1: feeling sluggish advice okay jamie there are a lot of reasons that pregnant women have constipation one is again the progesterone to estrogen balance changes when you're pregnant. That's normal. So you do have less gut motility. Pregnant women tend to have some, can have problems with with thyroid. So that needs to be checked because that's very important for your pregnancy. Mostly plant-based. I'd love to hear what the mostly is. Are you getting processed foods? Are you getting uh, dairy? those can definitely slow down motility and cause a problem later on in pregnancy. Obviously there's the pressure of the, um, on the abdomen and on the guts, which can help make it worse, it, harder to have poops. So it's too early for that. And it's too early for you to have problems. So I would love you to talk to your OBGYN or come talk to one of us. We actually have an OBGYN at plant-based telehealth, Dr. Elizabeth Fontaine. So you could certainly talk to any of the family practitioners who've delivered babies, who know how to do this, but also to her too. And we need to get more into depth about that. But uh, that's not where you should be at just 12 weeks. So let's get you feeling better and not so sluggish and happier and healthier.
0: Yeah. It's just, there's so much more to it than just maybe yep. what you're eating and, and so forth. So we talk about water and, and I talk to different plant-based doctors and they have different answers, but we're talking specifically about constipation. So how much water do you think,
1: how does mm-hmm. somebody know that they're drinking enough water? Well, that's a great question. And that's why I like to say, are you peeing every couple of hours? because everybody's different with a plant based diet. You know, if you're eating a lot of high water content foods, like greens, lettuces and things like that, which have a high content water, then you're getting water that way. So I'm not going to tell you to drink a liter or two a day. But, you know, you, you can overdo water. So be careful on that no more than two glasses every hour, that's going to hurt your kidneys. So you got to be careful. I suggest at least, you know, two glasses before you um, have a a meal. That's a good way to remember um, to have it. But honestly, if you're peeing nice, light yellow, nice and light yellow pee every couple of hours, that's really good. If it's dark and concentrated or smelly, that's not good. So that's not enough. You need more. Yeah, that was one of the surprises for me when I adopted
0: the lifestyle because I wasn't really drinking very much water mm-hmm. per se and I was like why am I going I'm peeing so often but I haven't even had a drink yet. <laughs> and and you you know, those cucumbers which are 90%
1: <laughs> water so that's
0: <laughs> great. We got yeah. fiber and water perfect combination. <laughs> yeah, it's just so amazing. Everything that we need is in nature's package and if we were just eat that. And I think that what you said is true as far as when people are whole food plant-based, sometimes they do maybe eat some processed foods and processed foods can be pretty dry and they're not going to have the same kind of fiber and definitely not going to have the same water content. Maybe if they can't give up some of the processed foods that they're eating and they're constipated, maybe they should be more aware of, of the water intake that they're having, because maybe that would process foods would kind of, yeah. as they're digesting it, absorb the water. Is that what you want to talk about? Talk about that if they're say again so if you're eating uh crackers and processed foods right. and it's dry and you're, you're not you're ingesting it it's kind of like soaking up the water that's in your colon right
1: right so you're you're not you're not getting what you want to do is have lots of flute water in your colon so that makes the stool soft and can be and, and bulkier and the more bulky it is then it pushes against the colon, the walls, which tells it to, okay, squeeze and get you out of there. If you've got these pellets, you're eating pellets because you're eating the crackers and you're pushing out pellets, it does, your body doesn't tell you to go. It just says, oh, there's a little bit in there. It doesn't tell you to go. Um, and there's an interesting thing. You mentioned processed foods. We mentioned processed foods. You know, you wanna, the best foods are ones that don't have food labels. But if you do go for a food label, make sure you're getting a good ratio of carbohydrate to fiber. You know you want to have a ratio of many more carbs than, and you want to look at that and make sure you're getting plenty of the right amount of fiber and carbohydrates in you. So there's a five uh, less than five to one rule. If you have um, twenty carbs and seven of fiber, it's three to one, and that's not necessarily so good. You want to have uh, a less than five to one rule. So maybe 20 and three, you know, that kind of thing. You want to just play with that. But best foods are ones that don't have labels. So stay away from the labels. Right. And when we talked about carbs, as
0: far as there's good carbs and bad carbs, right? So we can have, we can eat carbs all day, but love carbs when we're doing the ratio thing, We're talking about the carbs that are processed. Right. Just
1: just to be clear, right? Yes, exactly. So you don't want the processed carbs. You want much more fiber, which is in natural complex carbohydrates than not. So again, you have a a cucumber, you have plenty, you know, it's exactly what it should be. You have a cracker, then you're going to have the processed carbs in there and you don't want too much of that. So Kathy Cook said, several people have suggested that I use
0: oil to help my poop slide through me better. I try not to have oil. So I get a lot of us that have the plant, I just tell our audience, a lot of us who are adopted this plant-based lifestyle, try to be SOS-free, sugar, oil, and salt. We try not to have oil.
1: So what do you think, doctor? Well, that's exactly right. You don't want to have a lot of oil in your food because oil, um, oil is 100% fat. It's taken out all the fiber and all, and a lot of the micronutrients. And um, it causes inflammation, which doesn't help your gut microbiome, doesn't help your body. There's inflammation causes all kinds of things from heart disease and cancers and all kinds of things and arthritis. So no, you don't want to push oils. Now, some people suggest mineral oil, oils to have the poop go out. Really what you need, again, to have a good poop is gut motility. So the, the gut moves soft, but, but full stools. So that's what you what you need is water, not oil. I would not suggest the, the oils for that at all.
0: I agree. So there, there has to be something else that needs to be done. I think about when you were talking about water, I think about when I was, when my children were younger, I, I would take them to, they have these water parks and, and they have these slides where they go down really steep slides and, and it's so much fun, but they always have water pumping on these slides. And if they didn't, they wouldn't be able to slide down the slides. Perfect. Perfect
1: analogy. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: Yeah. I think that's what it is. Let's see if we have another question. Gina said, I've been plant-based for two years and have a slow metabolism due to thyroid cancer. I go three times a week. My partner eats the same food and goes three times a day. What can I do?
1: Oh, that's really interesting. Well, first of all, I wouldn't compare yourself to your partner because everybody's different. So, um, it's interesting that you have slow metabolism because I'd love to know what your thi- TSH is, your T3 and your T4. Those are the some of the um, levels that we look at with uh, thyroid um, because that would make a difference as to why, what they're doing. I'd actually like, th- that can be a problem. Thyroid, there's two, a lot of people get thyroid medicine. There's T3 and T4. So T4 is Synthroid, which is what they usually give you. And then many people can convert the T4 to T3 on their own, in their own bodies, but some people can't. So you might need to adjust your thyroid medicines a little bit. That might be an issue. Um, And again, make sure that you're doing as much activity as you can and drinking as much water as you can. But that would be more complicated and would be worthy of a visit to help you with that. Yeah, I
0: think so. So now I think that there are some other things. Did we talk about
1: ground flax seeds? Oh, no, I don't think we talked about ground flax seeds. And I love ground flax seeds. There are so many reasons to have ground flax seeds every day. One, it will definitely help with constipation. Two, um, it's high in omega-3s. And you want a high omega-3 to omega-6 ratio to decrease your inflammation and to, to... Help prevent Alzheimer's and heart disease, and so many other things. I would suggest everybody every day have at least a tablespoon of of ground flaxseed a day, up to three. Um, That will, but with the water, don't forget water. So, um, make sure you're hydrated enough. I put it in smoothies, I put it on my oatmeal. So, I'll have my oatmeal, which has a great amount of um, insoluble fibers, you know, lots of good fibers. So, my oatmeal with berries, which help my brain, which, and then the ground flax seeds and some cinnamon. Great way to start the day with a, a couple of glasses of water beforehand. So, yes, that is perfect. Right. And chia seeds too, right? Right. So, chia seeds are great. Now, f- flax seeds you have to grind because they've got a really tough outer coating. So, if you don't grind it, you just poop it, it just goes straight through. Chia seeds actually have a softer coating. So, you can, you don't need to grind that, but you can. You can also put chia in water and make a nice, great chia pudding, which is another way to get more fluids in while you're having the chia. They have different amounts of omega-3-6s. Uh, so it's always nice to do a variety of things. So five uh, the flax seeds every day, but you can add chia, you can add hemp seeds, you can have add some other things too, which will help you get lots of protein in and the omega-3s. So that's great.
0: Yeah. I also heard that kiwi with the skin, I tried to use organic when I can, and I have finally gotten myself to eat kiwi with skin. I cut it up really, really small. So, But I, I've been told that kiwi with the
1: skin on it is also helpful. It is. So um, the kiwi, the flax seeds, dates, as we talked about before, need to make it even more helpful is to soak them, you know, during the day and then take them at night. Pumpkin is another option. So, you know, pumpkin will help out um, for it. So those are all some really good ones. Oats, again, really good with the, the water too.
0: <laughs> that just it reminded me of the pumpkin when you mentioned that. We, we had a, a beloved dog. She, she was with us for 16 years. In the beginning, we had her on commercial dog food. And then when we changed our lifestyle, we changed her lifestyle too. But when she was on the commercial dog food, she actually got constipated. So I went to the vet. And of course, the vet is not like a regular doctor in their exam because they, the one of the first things they do is they say, what is the patient eating? When typically in, in conventional doctors, they don't ask that question at all. So the, the visit cost me like $75. And the vet said, go and buy a can of pureed pumpkin and feed it to your dog. Yeah, perfect. And we did that. And the can of pumpkin was 79 cents. <laughs>
1: That's so. That's
0: so, so. Yeah, yeah. So, and it real and and she loved the pumpkin. So she she really made a very good transition. She was basically a plant based dog once we adopted the lifestyle, and that's we cool. never had that problem again. But pumpkin, that's a and now that
1: it's the season for pumpkin, that could be a really great solution yeah. for a lot of people. That's great. Now another thing that I just read recently. Is that sparkling water might help? That regular water helps, but sparkling water might help too if you're pretty badly constipated. I haven't tried that yet, but I just read that. So that's an, another option with uh, the pumpkin and perfect for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Let's get a big, huge amount.
0: Yeah, we actually had Thomas from California Balsamic and he showed us some recipes where he took his sweet flavored vinegars and he put them in sparkling water to make fun cocktails or mocktails. So that could be
1: a good solution too. Perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I've had another question I've had is I see particles in my stool and is that normal or not? And actually, most of the time, that's fairly okay. You can have some particles in your stool. Don't worry about that. Um, you know, if you are really concerned, you certainly in it, or if you have had major changes without any diet changes, or uh, stress changes, or any any um, exercise changes, and you've had a major change in your stool, you should see a doctor because then you need to make sure that there's nothing else going wrong. Like colon cancer is big now where we used to um, check colonoscopies, colonoscopies at age 50, but because we're seeing so much more colon cancer with our standard American diet, it's now as young as 40 that we start. So don't miss things that can block you that, that, you know, that, that can block the stool coming out that are very serious and can be taken care of. So if you have mild constipation, it goes away with some of the things we're talking about. Great. If it's not, please get seen. Oh, that's very good advice. And i um, and-
0: there again, it shows that you're up on the latest research and you're giving the recommendations based on that. And if you find new research that you have validated, then you don't have a problem with changing any of your recommendations because it's always based on the latest research. And that I really appreciate that so much. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Any other questions? Let's just see. I think we might have enough. Kathy wanted to know, are herbal iced teas that she makes good as drinking
1: water? It's a good question. So teas are really good. They have lots of phytonutrients in them that are very helpful. You've got to be careful. Of too much um, caffeine, but with herbal teas, you don't have that problem. Honestly, a lot of people don't like drinking water. And if you will drink herbal tea instead of the water, drink it. Go take it and enjoy it. And the ice has water in it. So great. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I
0: actually know Kathy. What she likes to do, and she showed me a great trick, is she has so many different teas that she enjoys, and sometimes she'll make mixtures of them and just take a bunch of different tea bags and put them in a container of water. What she does when she puts them in a pitcher of water, she doesn't even bother boiling the water. She just puts the tea bags in the pitcher and puts it in the refrigerator, and it's just fine that way. Yep, that's delicious. It sounds awesome. I'd love to try some of them. Yeah. Yeah. So she has, I I told her she should make a little book just about her different herbal teas. And oh, I like that. to do that. I like to have tea every day with my smoothie. I put the, uh, teas. And so I have cranberry hibiscus and oh. I make it, make it in that way where I have a, a, a spice ball, actually. So instead of a little tea ball, it's a big spice ball. And I put the dried hibiscus in there. And then I put a stick of cinnamon and put it in the pitcher in the refrigerator. And then a few hours later, it's already made the tea for me. And I like to incorporate that into my
1: smoothie. That's wonderful. I mean, because the hibiscus will take down your blood pressure. The cinnamon's great for lots of antioxidants. It's great. It sounds Mm -hmm. delicious. Yeah. So... Why don't you tell everybody
0: about the plant-based telehealth? You did talk a little bit about it, but if you want to tell them what the, can they expect when they come and sign up if they want to do that? So currently
1: we have nine physicians at plant-based telehealth. Most of them are family practice. We have one obstetrician, as I m- mentioned. We have the incredible Dr. Clapper. We have we are licensed in 50, all the states, plus D.C., we can see people from other countries. We can see people from here, and um, when you go to our website, plantbasedhealth.com, you can you can look at each one of our the physicians and see who you feel more comfortable with. Best thing I would suggest is go straight to finding who's licensed in your state, and then uh, which is very easy. It's just a click on you know. How do I find a doctor? And then you click on it and it says, you know, what state are you in and are you Medicare or not? And then it'll set you up with who's available and you can look at their bios. We all work well together. You sign up, you get put on our um, patient portal. We send you tons of questions, you answer back. And then um, we set up, we have an appointment with you and we can deal with any of your questions or problems. and if, for example, if I don't know something, I can always go to my colleagues too to get some extra help and advice. Um, we have people who are wonderful with inflammation and autoimmune disease, with diabetes, with general, with uh, women's health issues, men's health issues. We have our uh, um, resident chef, physician chef. So we, have, we speak different languages, Spanish, um, French, Cantonese, American Sign Language, that's me. And I speak Spanish too. So we can talk with patients from very different cultures and different backgrounds. So um, yeah, we just, we love what we do and we'd be happy to see you. I've had the pleasure of
0: interviewing all of the plant-based doctors at plant-based telehealth, except for, and she's coming up, Dr. Amy, she's going to be the only one that I haven't gotten a chance to meet yet. If you guys can read their bios, but if you really want to just see what they're like, you can watch one of our Be Green with Amy interviews and you can actually get to know them that way too. And I just love how you guys collaborate with each other because that's so important to get the information from the other doctors. But you... All have such a wonderful backgrounds, and you are so well qualified in what you do. It is just absolutely amazing. And you're all medical doctors, mm-hmm. but absolutely. you don't just prescribe
1: pills and procedures. That's not, but you could, right? But we can do labs. We can um, we can order labs. We can uh, can prescribe medicines if we want. No narcotics, but we do anything else. And. Um, because the narcotics, they cause constipation. No, if you need it, you need it. But, um, no, we, and it's great. We all know the medical background, but we're all plant-based ourselves. We all live the lifestyle we, we preach, you know, basically. And so, and we've all had our own stories as to how it's helped our lives. For me, it's helped my weight loss and my energy and my inflammation and my cholesterol. For my partner, he's gotten off of five medicines for including blood pressure medicines and cholesterol medicines um, for and, and his risk factors for stroke and, that were in his family are, so, are completely reduced. And so it's wonderful. He's lost over 60 pounds also. So That's what you get when you see me in any capacity possible. I hopefully help you be healthier and happier.
0: That's so wonderful. Denise said, I just started with Dr. Schur in plant-based telehealth. She's great and caring and compassionate and recommend her highly. Oh, Thank thank you, Denise. Denise. (laughs) Thank you. So wonderful. (laughs) How nice. I'm glad that she's here. She's a real big fan, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> oh, thank you. Said thank you so much. Yeah. I'm I'm glad. I really think that you have helped so many people today to talk about something that it's not easy to talk about. And sometimes, even with your own doctor, you could go to a doctor visit and they ask you, how's everything? You say, Oh, everything's just fine. And meanwhile maybe in the back of your mind, you're like, except I'm constipated, but you're too embarrassed to talk about it. But as you can see, you shouldn't be embarrassed. Dr. Kim has a coffee mug, so she's not embarrassed. You can talk freely about these things and get a solution if you haven't found something that works with what we talked about today. Yeah. So thank it you, Dr. It's such a pleasure,
1: Amy. Thank you for what you do to spread this word, because it's so important for individuals, our society, and our world. So thank you.
0: Okay, and I'm just, guys, stay tuned for a really special announcement. I did want to bring out Rebecca from PKA Solves, and she's just so helpful. She pulled up all the questions, and she made sure that our camera was working properly. She's just great. She helps out in the background all the time. I wanted to thank Jess from Jess Tats Voice. She did the voiceover and the countdown, but most of all, I want to thank you guys because we are here together to spread the word of this lifestyle and maybe sometimes the lifestyle isn't enough. Maybe we need some other things to help us along the way. And we're trying to get the word out about it to say that this lifestyle is great for you. And if it may not be working the way that you want it to, there could be some tweaks and you can still keep going. And spread the word. Click like, click subscribe, listen to broadcasts like this and share them so that we can spread the word about the good health for everyone out there. And I'm going to be signing off with Dr. Kim and we're going to be doing my tagline, the Be Strong, Be Well, Be Green, that you guys can type it in too to join us. So just test voice. Who's coming up next? Dr. Stephen Luenda, MD, is a board-certified family medicine physician. In 2013, Dr. Luenda transformed his own health and subsequently his practice with plant-based nutrition. Bring your health questions on Wednesday, October 20th, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Be Green with Amy, live. Well, thanks again, Dr. Kim. And guys, type it in and join us as we sign off. Until I see you guys again, remember, be strong, be be well, well. and be Be green. green. (laughs) Bye, everyone.